I believe everyone has a story to tell. And I believe everyone deserves a little pampering. Welcome to Manny's with Grannies. I'm your host, Tiffany Marino. Join me while I sit down with a woman over 70 and get to know her while giving her a manicure. Welcome to our first episode of Manny's with Grannies. Today, I'm sitting with Jane Conker. Jane is my friend Brad's mom, but this is our first time meeting. She's graciously invited me into her home for this today, so I'd like to thank you, Jane, for having me here and doing this with me. So let's get started. What color do you like? What color? Yeah, what color do you want to have? Pink, a light pink. A light pink? That one. That one this there. One here? Next one. This one. I think. Mm-hmm. The this pink, one here? The pink the first one. one. Okay. So yeah, I'll take this hand. What kind of shape do you like your nails? Should I follow the kind I, of shape? Whatever that you, you want to do, because I'm okay. no shape at all. <laughs> okay. So I heard that you had a nice fun party for your 90th birthday. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. Tell me about it. Well, I knew the kids were going to do something for my 90th, but I didn't know it was going to be that elaborate. What did they do? Well, uh, I always liked uh, like Fair Week. The Warren, Warren County, County Fair. Fair. I never missed a fair for years. And uh, the previous year, I didn't go for the first time. Too much walking. So they decided to recreate the Warren County Fair. So that was... <laughs> How and nice. they had all these they had all these games. They had prizes for the kids if they won these games. They had a fortune teller, uh, not a real one, but it was my granddaughter played a good part there. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. And uh yeah, and of course they made me queen of the Warren County Fair. They gave me a beautiful crown and a sash. <laughs> the Warren County Queen. So how does it feel to be ninety? Oh, not a, not any different than eighty nine. Other than the year, I can't believe I lived till ninety. I keep saying that, and never thought I ever would. Yeah. But what does it mean to you to to be ninety years old? What did it mean to me? Oh, I'm thankful. Yeah. Blessed. When you look back over your life, what do you think was the happiest point of your life? Having children. Having babies. How old were you when you had your first child? I think I was about 21, 22, something like that. Do you remember how you felt when you found out you were pregnant? Oh, excited. Because it took a couple of years. So very exciting. I always wanted to be a mother. Did you get to tell your husband that you were pregnant? Was that something that you were able to surprise him with? Well, it was no surprises. I just told him. <laughs> I don't and know. No big react? deal like they do today. I just told him. You go to the, I went to the doctor probably by myself and well, you you know, you know. Uh-huh. He he suspected it before I went to the doctor. We both okay. did. But. Do you remember was was he excited too? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. He was a good daddy. What does it mean to you to be a good dad? Very caring. Uh, he babysat from day well, in, the, in those days, I had, was in the hospital for a week. Every time you had a child, you were in the hospital for at least a week. And um, when I came home, I just couldn't wait to get out of the house. And my, my parents lived 
two or three miles from here. And I just couldn't wait to uh, see them. And he would babysit every time, newborn baby. You know, <laughs> I'd leave for about an hour, just, you know, just had to get out. It was funny. And what, what would that hour mean to you? Oh, it was great. I don't know. It was just great. Mm-hmm. Just, it allowed you to go out and... and yeah, because being in, after being in the hospital for a week, I was happy to be home, but I think I just wanted to see my parents because they couldn't come to the hospital to see me and, you know. Thinking back about your parents, what do you think is one of the most important things they taught you? Love. How did they teach that to you? Example. I can see that you're you're getting emotional thinking about your parents. They meant a lot to you. I'm emotional anyway. <laughs> Don't give me this won't be the yeah. first first tear you'll see. Yeah, that's okay. <clears throat> um my parents. My parents went through a lot. My mother came over from Yugoslavia when she was three years old. She came with just her, just her mother and her. her. Her mother was so sick on the ship, she couldn't take care of her. So everybody on the ship took care of my mother. Wow. At three years old. And uh, she came to this country first, and then my dad came. When he was 14, he lived on a farm and he had chickens and he would take the eggs to market. This is in Yugoslavia, which was communist at the time. He would take the eggs to market for, my, for his dad, for my grandfather, and sell the eggs. And every time he took the eggs, he would keep out a little money for himself. I don't know if his, his dad knew that or not. I'm not, not sure. I don't think he did know it. But when he got enough money, he decided to come to America. And he was 14 at the time, coming all by himself. When he got to New York City, he talked about paying a $5 head tax. I don't know what that was all about. but And then they, they sent these people to the coal mines around Uniontown. That's where they lived at. Uniontown, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep, and that's... Uh, do you know how your parents met? Uh, parents had boarding houses in those days. To make money, they would, they would rent out their bedrooms to these coal miners for extra money. And my dad was, I think, renting out a house near where my mother was living. And he used to come and see my mother, but he wasn't allowed inside the gate. Their yard was fenced off. Uh-huh. He wasn't, but, so he would come and visit her and they'd talk over the fence. That's cute. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of how they, had, and my, my grandmother wanted my mother to marry this other guy. They married young in those days. My mother was only 14 or 15. Wow. When she got married, she was only 14 or 15? Mm-hmm. Wow. 14, I think she was. And uh, my grandmother wanted her to marry this other guy who had money. <laughs> And she absolutely did not want to marry him. So my mother said to my grandmother, if 
you buy me a pair, a new pair of shoes, I'll marry them. So her and her, my grandmother went to the store, and my mother bought these high buckle shoes. She, she referred to high buckled shoes. Mm-hmm. And she said, I love those shoes. And she says, I had no intention of marrying, <laughs> marrying that guy, but it was one way of getting a new pair of shoes. So, I love that. So she, so finally in the end, they let him marry her. I guess my dad brought some whiskey to her to her dad so that he would say yes she he could marry her so over a drink oh no he just gave him the what the bottle of whiskey i guess was a gift like i don't know Mm. (laughs) how many brothers and sisters did you have five brothers and four sisters there were five of each of us five five girls and five boys and i was the youngest and i'm the youngest one living right now of course, I'm the youngest, and I'm 90. So, my, the last sibling to die was my sister Anne, who was 97 when she died. How does that feel to to have 10 siblings? Oh, it was wild. We we never had it. There was never a dull moment in our house. Never a dull moment. Did you the boys were always conniving, teasing other girls. You know, yeah, there was a lot of. Did they help take care of you? My sisters, mm-hmm. kind of, I guess. My mother, my mother took responsibility for all of us. She, she didn't expect anybody to do her job. She took her job very seriously. And it was hard work, too. Taking care of 10 kids. Mm-hmm. And of course, when I was born, my oldest sibling was uh, 14. Okay. So they were all like teenagers. And mm-hmm. How old were you when you met your husband? Um, 20 on a blind date. Who's, who set up the blind date? His cousin. He was, uh, he was just got discharged from the air force and he was stationed in Japan. And, uh, when he was in the air force and, um, he was home. I don't know how long he was home from the military and his cousin who I, I knew at work. We were working at New Process at the time. She said, I want to fix you up with this guy, with my cousin. I did not want to go on a blind date. I I went on a couple blind dates before that, and they never panned out. So I never wanted to go on a blind date. But she insisted. So they came and picked me up. He wouldn't come to the door. He was, I think he was too shy to come to the door or whatever. So she came to the house and got me went into the car, and we went to a movie in Jamestown. And uh, the movie was Moulin Rouge, and I thought it was the most boring movie. <laughs> and and he, uh, he he don't, fell asleep, or pretend like he was sleeping maybe during the movie. He didn't like it either, I guess. And uh, so I thought, well, that'll be the end of that date. He will, he'll never come back. And when he took, he, he did walk me to the door. He gave me a big kiss. <gasps> yeah, that surprised the heck out of me. And I said, "That's the best kiss I ever had from a boy." Huh? I just thought it was wonderful. And I thought, still, he was working in Buffalo at the time. And I thought he'll still never call me. I, you know, I just d- didn't think it would go any farther. And uh, so he uh, 
he he didn't he didn't even call me. But this next weekend, he came down came to see me. Mm-hmm. Just came, surprised me, mm-hmm. and uh, and we started dating. And he was planning on bringing this girl over. He had a girlfriend in Japan, a Japanese girlfriend. He was planning on bringing her over here. So he said, don't get serious because I'm going to bring this girl over. Don't get serious. So so we dated, you know, not getting serious or anything. Anyway, uh, he was falling for me, I think, faster than I was falling for him. How about that? Well, I, I was trying not to, you know, uh-huh. react. Uh-huh. And, uh, you were keeping fi- yourself guarded. Yep, guard, I was guarded. And finally, uh, he said, he told me he loved me. And I said, well, what about this girl? And he says, well, I'm just going to write her a letter, like a, they called a Dear John letter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I says, I want to see that letter, and I want to see her response before I made up my mind. So he showed me the letter that she wrote him, and I don't think she had any intentions of coming to this country. I read between the lines. She wasn't shocked or anything. And so anyway, so that was that was it. We did. We, uh, we're engaged probably in four months, I think it was. We were engaged. Uh-huh. And um, and it was no, in those days, engagement. The guy just handed it a ring, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Well, we were coming down Yankee Bush Road by the farm up here. He said, there's something for you in the glove compartment. So I reached in the glove compartment, and there was that ring. And I couldn't believe it. I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew he was serious then. So uh, of course we had to tell everybody about being engaged. Did they put it in the newspaper? Uh, I think so. They always put the engagements in the newspaper. So back then, what was planning a wedding like? Uh, not like today. You didn't spend hundred thousands of dollars. You're lucky to spend a hundred dollars, I think. Uh, we all the girls in my family got married. At, at home. The reception was at home. They got married in a church. There was a small church in Irvine that we were married in. What year were you married? 1954. Were you working at the time? Uh, yes, I was working at New Process. Mm-hmm. What What did you do there? What is New Process? Uh, the Blair, Blair Corporation today, it was New Process, then mail orders, filing and things like that. Thinking back to when you were a newlywed, what was life like for you then? Oh, I was just I, I was just happy as could be, you know. My dad said to my mother, she says, let, let her live here, because we didn't have a place to live at the time. Mm-hmm. Let her live at home here. And my mother said, no way. Even if you live in a, she told all of us girls, even if you live in a shack, you get out get a place of your own because she said she lived with her mother and it was no picnic so that's what she used to tell us so uh, we had an apartment on Pennsylvania Avenue by the way he was uh, unemployed at the time when we got married he was laid off was that hard we didn't I don't know we didn't worry about it I said if my kids would do that I'd have a fit but they we didn't worry about the money I was I guess I made enough money to pay for the rent, and that's all that mattered, the rent and the bills. And uh, he had a few part-time jobs. And then finally he got into the National Forge where my dad worked. My 
three of my brothers worked there too. It was uh, the factory, which is now Elwood. Okay. Mm. Thinking back over different jobs that you had, is there a, a favorite job that you did? Did you have many jobs? Not many, no. Uh, I decorated cakes. I was a stay-at-home mom. I wanted, I, bit, I wanted to be home till my kids graduated. I just was that type of mother, you know. How many kids did you have? Four. What are their names? Brent, you know Brent? Mm -hmm. Brad. Mm -hmm. Brent and Kim. Kim was next in line. Then Brad, or Lisa, then Brad. Who's your favorite? <laughs> All of them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they always said I'm... Um, they always tell everybody that I'm I'm her favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so you have how many grandkids? Uh, Eleven grandchildren, and got thirteen great grandchildren. Wow. Mm -hmm. How does it feel to be a great grandmother? Oh, wonderful! I love those babies. What's the difference between being a mother and a grandmother? Well, a mother, you have more responsibilities. And when you're a grandmother, you 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 uh, spoil the kids and send them home. <laughs> What's your favorite part about being a great grandmother? Oh, the love, unconditional love. So we are in your house right now. Is that, how long have you lived in this home? Uh, we built this house in, uh, let's see, 1959 or 60. And you raised all your kids here? Uh, no, we had two kids before we, before we uh, bought, built this house. We bought a house in Starbrick. We were married about a year. We bought a house in Starbrick at the corner of Preston Road mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania Avenue. And, uh. We lived there for about four years, and then we decided we didn't want to live next to the highway like that with the children. So uh, we were thinking about selling our house. In the meantime, somebody called and heard that our house was for sale and they wanted to buy it. So we lived in my in-law's house. It was empty. It was in, in barns. We lived there for about a year while we were building this house. When you moved into this house, how did that feel? Oh, great. We moved in Christmas Eve. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I wanted to be in for Christmas. We, we uh, dug the basement on Good Friday and moved in Christmas Eve. We were, my husband worked hard and fast, I'll tell you. And I helped him. I was pounding nails and doing everything. Wow. So do you think that because you built the house by hand, do you think that added to the amount of love you felt in the house? Oh, I don't think so. No, I think it's no matter where you're at. Depends on who you're with. I mean, it was a lot of pride. My husband had a lot of pride at this house. He, you know, he said, I built this house when I was 26 years old. You didn't know anything about building. You just learned as you went along. And on, at that time, there were eight houses going up on this road, on the Akebush Road. Everybody was building. That first Christmas when you were here, do you remember if you put up a Christmas tree? Oh, we definitely had a Christmas tree. We didn't have any furniture, but we had a Christmas tree. <laughs> yes. 
And uh, Lisa was born a year after we moved into this house. What was it like raising a family in Warren? Oh, you can't, can't beat this area. When we built this house, we had a lot of neighbors were building houses. Everybody had little children. And the, the bus line, they had we had about 15 kids in the bus line. They'd make one stop out front here. And the kids had a wonderful, uh, wonderful memories growing up because uh, they always had someone to play with. They'd go out in the morning to see who was out playing, and they'd be outside all day. And they still, they still talk about that, but, you know, all the fun that they had with the neighbors, kids, and everybody was in the same boat. Well, we lived from payday to payday, too. I mean, that was just the way it was. We managed. And I, I baby, after the kids grew up a little bit, I, I babysat for extra money. I babysat for about five years, I think, three, three, four of the little kids. Then after that, when, uh, one of the mothers of the kids I was babysitting came in with a birthday cake for me that she had made. And uh, she, she took uh, cake decorating lessons. And I was so impressed that I took cake decorating lessons. So I started decorating cakes. So I did wedding cakes, birthday, and everything for, I think, about 30 years. That was my hobby. It was a hobby and a job, too. Mm -hmm. Some weekends, I'd have three and four weddings and a lot of cakes. Is there a reason why you stopped doing it? I, it just got to be too much. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I thought, well, I'm going to get a job driving uh, a van for school kids. So I got a job driving a van. And my boss said, have you ever thought about driving a school bus? And I said, oh, no, I can't do that. He said, well, I'll take you out. Just give it a try. I said, okay, I will. So I drove a school bus with him sitting beside me. And I said, oh, this is kind of fun. <laughs> so anyway, I became a school bus driver. You liked it. I loved it, yeah. I did that for about 11 years. I, I drove uh, one load of Beatty kids. I took them to school. Then I'd go back. This is Pleasant, Pleasant Township was my route go back to uh, the elementary kids. Were the kids typically well-behaved? Well, some of them were. <laughs> they weren't too bad. I, I had a way about them. That I treated them, well, uh, they, during training, they said, just remember, you might be the first person, they, first adult they see in the morning. Because some of them, their parents don't bother getting up for them. Mm. So I made, I made sure I spoke to all the kids when they got on the bus every morning, no matter if they were good or bad, you know. And the, the baby kids all gave me a little bit of trouble, but I had to write them up and pan the paper to the principal of Beatty, so I didn't have to discipline them. They did the disciplining. Okay. So they never knew if they were going to get caught or not. So <laughs> that taught them to kind of watch it. But they were, I enjoyed them. Thinking back over your life, is there anything that you wish you would have done differently? Mm, I don't think so. can't think of anything that I think whatever I did made me the way I am today, good or bad. You've lived 90 years. Mm -hmm. So you've obviously had to deal with grief. Oh, yeah. And loss. Mm -hmm. At 90 years old, what are your thoughts on losing people? 
Well, the first uh, the first real grief I had was my sister. She was 40 years old, and she died in a car accident. Left four children. That was uh, that was a hard thing to do. It took me a long time to get over that. How old were you? Uh, I was I already was married and had four children because mm -hmm. I would take her two of her kids, give her husband a break on weekends. My sister lived next door here. She would take a couple of the kids and I would take a couple, like for a weekend or whatever. We kind of helped take care of those kids. Leaving those kids was a big, big deal. And, uh, and of course, uh, you know, losing each. And I had another sister that died when she was 60. That was hard, too. But not as hard as the one that left the children. Mm -hmm. Of course, the biggest grief is losing my husband. That was, uh, it'll be, it's been two and a half years ago. That's recent. Yep. Mm -hmm. The thing that helped me the most when he was having chemo was writing in a journal my feelings, how I felt. Did you ever go back and review what you wrote? Oh, yes. I still write in my journal. If I, get a, if I have a bad day, I'll write in it. It's like writing to him. Sometimes I'm writing to him. Sometimes just for myself, you know. But it makes me feel better. I think it really helps with grieving. Uh, I do. Hospice wanted me to know if I needed help, you know, in the grieving process. They're so good. I just, I just wanted to handle it myself. That's the way I handled it. And of course, the kids. I have the four best kids in the world. You know, they're pretty great. They are. They are great. They're so caring. Oh. All four of them are so caring in their own way, you know. What makes them such great kids? How do they show you that they care? Checking on me, stopping in, the laughter, the jokes about their dad, things that he did, they that they repeat. And, we, <laughs> and uh, yeah. If you could impart wisdom on younger people, what would you want them to know about getting older? Just be kind. Just be kind. And have a lot of love in your heart for everybody. Nobody's this exactly alike. I have four kids, but I love them all the same. They were four different personalities, you know, completely different. But, uh, yeah, treat, treat them all the same. What do you think your greatest accomplishment is? Having four kids and raising four wonderful kids. Not an easy thing to do sometimes. Everybody talks about the teenage years. I don't know. I, I didn't have any trouble with the teenage years. They were all, uh, all pretty good kids. Not perfect, but good. Do you have any parenting advice you can give? Just hang on. <laughs> if you're a good person, and show it. Your kids are going to follow in your footsteps. I tried to be good. What does being a good person mean to you? What does that look like? Appreciate what you have. 
appreciate other people. Don't think you're better than anyone else, you know? Mm-hmm. So at, at 90 years old, even though we don't like to think about this, you're getting close to the end of your life, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. How do you want to be remembered? Just being a good person. I think I have been a good person. I tried to be. Tried to uh, help people that less fortunate. Do you have a favorite story to tell about yourself? About myself? Yeah. Oh my gosh, growing up, there were a lot of stories. <laughs> Share one with me. Well, I rode an old workhorse to get the mail every day. This old horse would hardly move, but uh, it was fun to ride that horse up to get the mail. It was all uphill. I lived on Scott Run Road, Upper Scott Run Road. That was one of the things. I was always a tomboy outside all the time playing. I used to climb trees, love sitting up in the apple tree and eating apples. Did you always live in this area? Yes. I was born and raised on uh, Scott Run, about a quarter of a mile from the top of the hill, a farm my dad bought. Did you ever think about leaving the Warren area? No. No. I'm not very worldly. We did, my husband and I did a lot of traveling, but just in the, in the United States. California was a big deal. And, and we drove to Alaska one time, and that was wonderful. We had a van. We fixed up a van to sleep in it and everything, and we drove to Alaska. When was that? Uh, I was about 65 at the time. My husband was a couple years older. And um, we talked about going to Alaska. And then he had a friend that worked with him that went to Alaska several times and kind of encouraged him. So we just took off and went to Alaska. It was it was neat. With the kids? Nope. Just the two? Every, the kids were working. And they were all still at home, I think. What was your favorite part of that trip? Coming home. <laughs> no, it was neat. Alaska was neat and everything, but we were so happy to hit the United States. Or the, of course, we went through Canada when I say United States. And uh, we just got stopped at so many stops, checkpoints, because we were going back and forth between Canada and Alaska and you were just happy to get back home. Happy to get back home and same old routine. Yep. Yep. If you could sum your life up in one sentence, what would that be? I've had a wonderful life. I have no regrets other than losing my husband. That was uh, the big, big thing. And uh, by the way, this ring, this wedding ring was the ring. It's beautiful. When we got married, that was the ring I put on I put on his finger. 
And um, he, out, he, he was getting too small for him. So it was around our 25th wedding anniversary, I think it was, uh, I bought him a new wedding band. And I said, I want his wedding band attached to my ring. So that so you, you had them uh, soldered together. I, my wedding band was getting real skinny. It was a thin wedding band. So I needed a new wedding band. I thought, oh, I'll just take his wedding band. So that was. That's beautiful. So that makes me, reminds me of him all the time. But uh, that was our, the original engagement ring, but it was, it's been redone, you know. I think I lost a little diamond on the side at one time. And, but other than that. That's nice. This was our, uh, he surprised me on our 25th wedding anniversary and got me this. Wow, beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Do you want a little sticker on your nails for decoration or do you like them just plain? Maybe one sticker. Yeah. Let's see if I can find. Sure. So, 90 years old, do you have any goals? Any goals? Yeah, anything that you're working toward in life? I enjoy my few friends I have left. and What do you like to do with your friends? We go for lunch once a week. Uh -huh. That's about it. Yeah, and I have a, a friend who's not well right now, so I'm going to make her some cookies or something and take up to her. Oh, that's nice. But uh, Do you have any hopes for the rest of your life i'll just be my normal self we have sunday dinner every every sunday we have sunday dinner and all the kids come whoever can brings a tureen we have dinner every sunday at five so if you're hungry on sunday sundays sunday at five, five o'clock here <laughs> yeah. okay sounds great which butterfly was it that you liked oh uh, the one that's flying okay. which finger Put it on this one. That one's got a little care. messed up. We'll put it on top of the messed up. There you part. can hide it. So we're coming to the end of our manicure. And I want to say thank you so much for talking with me today. This was really nice. It's really nice getting to know you. And I hope you had fun too. Oh, I did. Thank you for listening to Manny's with Grannies. I hope you enjoyed learning about someone else and maybe even learned a little about yourself.